Hi, good morning. It's great to be here, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity and the honor to uh, not only come here, but also uh, open the Bible and preach this morning. Um, it, is, uh, it is awesome to be here again. I came uh, last Tuesday um, around midnight, and uh, it's uh, my fifth, I think it's my fifth year in Tennessee, and uh, my fourth uh, Thanksgiving in a row, so it's pretty good. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you had a great Black Friday, but more importantly, I hope you're having a great Sunday morning. So uh, it, is, it is great to be here, and I want to say hi on behalf of my church, and we want to uh, thank you for your support, for your prayers, for um, the fact that you think about us and you support us all the time. We really appreciate everything you do, and um, we couldn't be more thankful. So for the past years, I've had the privilege to be here for Thanksgiving. Like I said, this, this was my fourth Thanksgiving in a row, and um, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving back home. That's not really a thing for us, but we understand, we get the gist of it, and we understand uh, the meaning behind it. However, ha having the opportunity, having the day or having um, a day to remember how blessed we are for what we have is amazing. And I like the concept. I like that. But let me tell you that my belly loves <laughs> Thanksgiving. Uh, what, is, what, what are those called? Devil eggs and um, the ham my mom makes is amazing. The turkey is all right, but... <laughs> Sweet tea is, is pretty good too. So, overall, it's a, it's a great it's a great tradition. It's a great uh, day, and um, like I said, it's, it's great to have a day to remember how blessed we are for what we have, the people around us. Although for some, and let me know if I'm mistaken, for some maybe most nowadays, Thanksgiving has become more of a routine. Maybe it has lost some of its original meaning. And uh, now, for, for some, it's more about the food or get-together, I guess. Uh, maybe it's more about the deals they are going to get the next day. Or for some, even, it's more about the football games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> Speaking of football, there are a few things more satisfying, more satisfying in life that are well-executed play. Amen. When everything goes according to the plan, when the quarterback, Dak Prescott, preferably, go Cowboys, right, has enough time to pass, you know, he has time to take a look around with the tackles, take care of D-line, when, you know, the wide receivers run the routes the way they're supposed to, maybe there's a couple of fakes here and there, and uh, at the end of the, of the play, they score a touchdown. That's amazing. I don't know if you watched the the game on Thursday, but it was, it was great. Now, in a similar way, God executed the greatest play, the greatest plan in our lives, our salvation. Now, what's interesting is that I know, sure, I know that you know this. I know that you know that God took care of our salvation. The thing is, do you live your life in a way that shows that you're grateful for his plan? Can people see that in the way that you live? 
Can others see in the way that you act or react to life, on, on the way that you behave, that you're grateful for your salvation? Or have you become numb to all this? You're living in a vicious cycle, playing the part of the Christian guy or the Christian lady in your neighborhood. Today we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and on, uh, 3, 3 to 14, to remember that well-executed plan by the Trinity in our lives so we can cherish it and live according to that. Now, to give you some context, this letter was written by Paul to a group of believers uh, who live in the city of Ephesus. And Paul knew the situation that the church was going through. He knew the personal uh, situations uh, the people were uh, having, and also knew them personally due to, the, due to the time he spent there because of the ministry. The main theme or the main topic of the letter how, is, is how Christ's plan for the church is accomplished in the lives of those who make up the church. The main purpose of Ephesians is to shape the identity of the believers, of the ones that read the letter. This letter is intended to shape the believers by reminding them how wonderful God's work in Christ is, how important their unity with Christ is, and what the Christian life looks like. That's like the main idea. It's a letter of definition. It's a letter of encouragement. Paul wanted to establish. Paul wanted to shape. He wanted to challenge his readers, with this letter, so they could display their faith. And that's my goal today. I want to encourage you to display, to show the appreciation, the gratefulness that you have to God. Now, with that in mind, I've titled this sermon, Gratefulness to Live By. And we're going to see three characters that acted in our salvation. And on top of that, the reasons why we're grateful to them so we can show our gratefulness in the way that we live. So let's just uh, jump in to verse 3 so we can start. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Immediately, we're introduced to the first character and uh, one of the reasons why we're grateful him. So the first character is the Father. We have to be grateful to the Father, number one, for His spiritual blessings. Now, the word or the phrase spiritual blessings is not really trying to differen differentiate or to uh, describe material and non-material material blessings. It's, um, it's really talking about the origin of things. What Paul is saying here is, Let's forget about the food. Let's forget about the clothes. Let's forget about the material things. We're going to focus on the spiritual blessings that we receive from God. That's, that's, the, that's the idea. And he continues and or reinforces this idea with the phrase, heavenly places, spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. This is, this is indicating that these spiritual blessings are uh, heavenly in origin, descending from heaven. Uh, to the saints, to the believers, to us, from God. 
The blessings that we receive from Him come from or are stored, we can say, in the heavens where He is. So they have a, uh, a divine origin rather than a physical place. We know, I know, that God bless us with material blessings here on earth. But today we're going to be focusing on spiritual blessings that we receive from God. So now we'll start to see how these spiritual blessings develop. Number two, second reason why we're thankful to the, to the Father. Verse four, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we shall be holy and blameless before Him in love. He chose us in Him. That's the second reason. We have to be grateful to the Father for choosing us. The idea here is how uh, God chose each one of the believers in a very special, unique way before the world was even formed. And this choice was made in Christ. So what this is saying is, before the, even, before the earth even existed, God, the Father, thought in us. He chose us before we existed. He chose us and did it for himself. Like Rusty was saying just a few minutes ago, I used to be a pretty amazing soccer player. And uh, growing up uh, in my neighborhood, we had a very small soccer court. It was only like a two-by-two two, like, uh, team, so only two players per team. And each time we got there, we had like five, ten friends, whatever. I knew I was going to play with my friend Daniel. Not my brother, for the ones that know him. He's not really that good. But my friend Daniel. <laughs> and I knew I was going to choose him because I know how he plays. He knew how I played. And we, we complement each other very well. And at the end of the day, most, most of the time, we will win that game. So I knew even before I went to the soccer court that day, I knew I was going to choose him because we were going to play together very well. The differences are big, but in a similar way, God thought of us before the world even existed. He knew your name. He thought about, we, about you by name. And this is a very special thing. The creator of earth, the creator of universe, the creator of everything thought about you in a special way. Why? Let's continue reading verse 4. So that we can be holy and blameless before him. That's the reason why. Without blemish, without fault. In the sense of being holy or pure. That is the purpose of his election. Now, I want you to pay attention to that sentence. Because we'll see it again in a few minutes. Third reason why we're thankful to the Father for adopting us. Verses 5 and 6. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. According to the purpose of his will. To the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. Adopted as songs. In the New Testament, we find two words for uh, children or for sons. And what the word that Paul is using here is the one that gives the idea of a son with full rights. A legitimate son or daughter for that, for that matter. Uh, a few minutes ago, 
Rosalie was saying that I'm like his Honduran son, and that's a term of endearment. It means they love me or whatever, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> but the word that Paul is using here is a real and actual children of God. We were adopted, we could say legally, by God. That's the word that he's using here. And let me tell you that you can gain access to that condition through the faith in Christ. Parents on earth can adopt a child and they can, you know, love their child very much and they, they can support and they can, you know, uh, give their, their children everything that they have, the money that they have. However, it's not possible for the parents to impart salvation to their kids, even if they wanted to. And I know uh, the parents here know what I'm talking about. Even if you want to, you can't give salvation to your kids. It's a personal thing. It's a personal relationship. When God the Father adopts, He imparts His Holy Spirit in us. That's the difference. His Spirit is inside of us. It happens at the same time. And this adoption takes place through Jesus Christ. Why? I ask again. Let's read verse 6. To the praise of His glorious grace. Again, you see this? The purpose of His election and adoption is for our life to glorify Him. I ask you, are you giving glory to His name? I hope so. So those are the three reasons we're grateful to the Father. Number one, for His spiritual blessings, for choosing us, for adopting us. Now let's take a look at the second character. We have to be grateful to the Son. Number one, for His redemption. Verse 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace. That phrase, in Him, is making a reference from verse 6 when it says, He has blessed us in the Beloved. That Beloved is Christ. So, in Him, in Christ, we have redemption. And I know you know this, you probably know this, but the word redemption was the term used um, or making a reference to the payment or a ransom or a fee that someone will pay to release a person from slavery, from the yoke, from the shackles especially in that context. So that was the word um, to, to, to say that, to express that. This expression was used to designate the liberation of a slave. So what the verse is saying is that Jesus paid a price for each one of us. And that price was really high. That was the ultimate price. His blood, his life. He bought us for a price. So praise the Lord for that. We have redemption in Christ, through Christ. And then it says the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches. One thing that we don't do back home is tipping. The restaurants and all that. And uh, when in Rome, I've had the chance to do it, unfortunately. And the thing is, if there's one thing I hate... Doing after I eat is math, you know. <laughs> so let's say we spend a hundred dollars in a in a dinner or something like that, and I know it's like around twenty dollars will be like a decent tip probably, and uh, it hurts, you know, to give that money on top of the money that I was giving. 
because back home, all that is included, basically, so we don't really have to tip. The thing is, if I'm, going, if I'm giving $20, because of how much money I make, which is not much, Jimmy, <clears throat> it's, it's, it can be a pretty big deal. Now, what would happen if, let's say, the president or like a millionaire, Elon Musk, whatever you want, uh, goes to a restaurant and he spends $100 and he gives $20 as a tip? Will he, will be he, will be he, will he be? <laughs> What's going on? Will that, will that tip being according to his riches? No. That guy has billions. You know, $20 is really nothing. Maybe he gave $100, $1,000 tip. It will be like, okay, he's a rich guy. He's giving according to the riches that he has. Well, the same idea is what we see here. We have received redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according, you see the idea? According to the riches of, of his grace. So we are not receiving some of Jesus' grace or a little bit of his grace. We are receiving according to his grace. Do you see the point here? He's not being cheap. That's what I'm trying to say. He's giving us a lot. He's being generous to us. And that's the magnitude of the forgiveness that we have received. It wasn't a little. It wasn't some of His grace. But according to His grace. Second reason why we're thankful, grateful to the Son. For, for revealing His plan. Verses 8 and 9. Which... Talking about the grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. The New King, just, New King's, New King's James Version says, he made to abound for us. And the, the idea is something overflowing. So his grace was overflowing for us. The truth is that we can't sin beyond the reach of God's grace. We just can't. Sometimes we feel like it, um, but no matter how perverse or extensive our sin is, or might be one day, it will never match the magnitude of the greatness of His grace, the power of His blood. And that comforts me. I don't know about you, but that comforts me. His forgiveness is infinite, and He makes it superabound to us without measure upon those that trust in Christ. Do you trust in Christ? Well, let me tell you, God has, sorry, Jesus has lavished grace upon you. As many of you know, I'm uh, in charge of translating and making all the logistics and arrangements whenever you or a different church goes to Honduras. And um, in my experience, uh, there, have been, there has been some situations where the preacher, Jimmy, or, or someone else, says a word that doesn't exist in Spanish. There is one word uh, that I really like that we don't have a translation in Spanish. That word is overkill. I really like that word for some reason. 
We don't have a translation for that. So whenever someone says overkill in Honduras, I have to come up with some weird translation. <laughs> the thing is, you get the idea. You know what overkill is, right? I don't have to explain it to you. What we have received from Jesus is overkill grace. It's too much. Not, not just enough. Overkill grace. Do you, do you get the idea? That's the point of this verse. He made to abound toward us. And it says, how? Or describing the way, making known to us the mystery. Now, this mystery encloses the eternal purpose of his will. That's, that's the mystery that has been revealed in Christ. It's not some hidden secret or obscure secret. This mystery is not like the pagan mysteries or the cultish mysteries that there, there might be that are unveiled to like a select group, to those that are elected or to those that have the knowledge. Only those can see the mystery or can know the mystery. In Christ, we are part of the plan. We know the plan. We know the mystery. We are loved by the head of the church. So all Christians, all true followers, followers of Christ have access to his plan for the wisdom he gave us. Do you want to know his plan? Open your Bible. It's as simple as that. Accept his son Jesus and you'll be part of the plan. You probably know this. In the military, there are different ranks, right? So you have a private, you have a first-class private, a surgeon. Eventually, you get to the president. And the president knows everything. He knows everything that is supposed to happen. And uh, the surgeon, he probably doesn't know everything that the president knows. And then the first-class private doesn't know everything that the surgeon knows. You get what I'm going, where I'm going with this? In Christ, there are no ranks. Sure. Some people know more about the Bible. Some people read the Bible more and study the Bible, and, and I get that. And we have teachers, and we have preachers, and pastors, and all that. But in Christ, there's only one group. We're all children of God. No ranks, no secrets. Everybody has access through Christ to His plan. And we praise the Lord for that, for revealing His plan to us. Third reason why we praise Jesus and we're grateful to Jesus for joining us with Him. Verse 10, as a plan for the fullness of time, what? To unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. To unite all things. That means that nothing will be isolated. Nothing will be separated from God. Nothing will be removed out of His control. Nothing will be too far that God, that Jesus, cannot control it. And it's true that Paul is using the words earth and uh, heaven. But the idea is the totality of things, the fullness, the completeness of things. All creation is going to submit to Jesus one day, whether you believe in Jesus or not. And that's the beauty of it. Maybe non-believers right now feel no obligation and feel like they don't have to obey, they don't have to submit to Jesus. Maybe they feel that way. 
there's going to come one day where they're going to bow down. Their knees are going to bend. And they're going to surrender to God. Now, for them it's going to be too late that day. For, they, for, for, for them it's going to be a day where they lose all hope. But for us, it's going to be a joyful day. Amen? That day, the Lord is going to submit everything to Him. He's going to unite all things in Him. Every single thing is going to submit to the Lord. And we praise Him for that. For a reason, we're grateful to the Son for His predestination. Verses 11 and 12. In Him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined, predestined that word, according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, verse 12, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. We have obtained an inheritance. We have been made heirs to be chosen, to be appointed. Now, the literal translation or the meaning of the word in the Greek is we were assigned by lot. Meaning, there's absolutely nothing we did to gain all this. There's nothing we did to deserve it. That's the point. Doesn't matter how smart you are. Doesn't matter how funny you are. Doesn't matter how many languages you speak. Doesn't matter how much money you make. You were lucky for this predestination. The thing is, that I know that you know this, but how many times we act like we're better than someone else? How many times we look down on those that don't know much? How, much, how many times do we think those that don't have enough money are lesser than us? How many times we think that uh, the non-believers are lesser than us? And I'm a big deal because I'm a Christian. You're not a Christian. The Lord chose you. He died for you. He adopted you. You did absolutely nothing. So we have to remember that. Now the question is, why? <laughs> Again, verse 12. So that we, who were the first to hope in Christ. Do you hope in Christ? So that we might be to the praise of His glory. That's the reason, that's the idea of this predestination, of this adoption. It's reinforced. So I have to ask you again, are you praising His glory with your life? Those are the four reasons um, why we're grateful to the Son. His predestination for joining us with Him, for revealing His plan, and for his redemption. Let's take a look at the last character we have, to, we have to be grateful to, which is the Holy Spirit. The first reason why we're grateful to the Holy Spirit, verse uh, 13, for he sealed upon us. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You were sealed. Now, the seal that Paul is talking about here 
refers to an official mark of ident identification that was placed on a letter, a contract, or like an official document back then. We still do that. And uh, the idea or, or the, the basic meanings of this seal is security, authenticity, ownership, and authority. That's the idea of a seal. It's a big deal. Now, the problem is with many Christians nowadays is we don't pay attention to the Holy Spirit. We tend to ignore him for some reason. The seal that we have, the seal that the true followers of Christ have, it's a big deal. I don't know if you've ever done some legal thing in court or something, but a legal document without its seal, it's invalid. It won't matter if the information on the piece of paper is okay, if the dates are okay, if the names you put them are correct. Without the seal, it's a worthless piece of paper. In the similar way, it doesn't matter the knowledge that you have. I don't care if you know the Bible by memory. I don't care if you know all these things, if you know all the words to the songs. I like to say that it's really easy to be Christian inside a church. It's real simple. You just need to close your eyes, raise your hands, say the right things, and that's it. Because nobody sees what's in here. So it doesn't matter all the knowledge or information that you have. If you don't have the seal of the Holy Spirit, we're worthless. So it is a big deal. And we're grateful to the Holy Spirit for His seal upon us. The second and last reason we're thankful to the Holy Spirit for being our guarantee. Verse 14. Who, talking about Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory? Who is the guarantee? The Greek term refers to a a uh, deposit payment, to a down payment, a word that in the Greek originally referred to a down payment or a security deposit to ensure the execution of a purchase. Will you trust a, if I give you an IOU? Probably not. Who's this, who's this sketchy brown guy? <laughs> Will you trust an IOU from God? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the hope that we have. So no matter how dark the day is, no matter the questions that you have in life, think about the Holy Spirit within you because He is the guarantee that all these things are going to happen one day. It's just the first installment paid as a guarantee. So His plan is going to be accomplished because he is guaranteeing it. Now, why? Let's read the, the last phrase of verse 14. To the place, to the praise, sorry, of his glory. Do you see the pattern here? I'm sorry, but I have to ask you again. Is the way that you live praising his glory? Because it's a big deal. It's a big responsibility that we have. Now, to closer, I don't know if you remember Luke 17, 
the story with Jesus and the ten lepers, how he healed them all, ten of them, and then nine of them, although they were very happy, didn't take the time to come back and praise the Lord. It says in verse 15, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? What are the nine? Was no one found to return, to return and give praise to God except for this foreign? They were all happy. But only one of them took the time to come back and praise the Lord. How many times are we acting the same way? Maybe the words that we say are, yes, I thank God for my salvation. I'm so grateful. But is your life showing that? That's my question. Remember the reason you're sitting here today. This is not a social club. This is not a daycare. This is not a place to just hang out. You're here today because you want to develop a relationship with Jesus, with God. You want to learn. You want to submit. You want to obey. Well, I think today's reminder was very clear. Don't you agree? In the country where Thanksgiving is a thing, we as children of God ought to remember what the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit did for us when it comes to the salvation. Maybe Thanksgiving is once a year. That's why people forget to give thanks. But you're saved every single day. So I want, I want to challenge you today to not just remember all these things every once in a while, every time you come here to church. I want you to remember these things daily. I want you to challenge I want to challenge you, sorry, to take five minutes of your day, five minutes out of 24 hours, so you can think of your salvation, so you can praise the Father for everything He's done, so you can praise the Son, Jesus, for what He's done for us, so you can praise the Holy Spirit for, for being the seal, for being the guarantee in our lives. Because as we remember those things every single day, we will show our gratefulness to God. And little by little, day by day, we're going to praise the glory of His grace. Amen? Let's pray.